0: Chapter 96 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 96 Disposal of Nancy Clover and Company, and Preparation for the Marriage of Victor and Lucinda it will be remembered that dr juno and miss lucinda armington's wedding has been three times interrupted the last time nancy clover shot dr juno just as the minister was about to pronounce the ceremony and in sooth it was each time the work of the bloody conspirators therefore to make sure of it this time dr juno had nancy clover deacon rob stew dr toy painey and the physician-in-chief of the insane asylum hunted up and brought before him for trial. Several of them were under heavy bonds when the war broke out, but of course nothing could be done then. However, now came the hour of their discontent. The Reverend Joe Peer was formerly one of the associates of these leading conspirators, but he was not a bad man at heart, circumstances associations and the want of money to supply his material wants drove him into this work of the devil and it is known to the reader that he repented and turned a naturalist the first opportunity that convinced him of a surety of protection from these bloody conspirators when dr juno had found the forementioned persons he ordered their imprisonment until he could summon all the victims of these sweet saints who proved to consist of general harry Gossimer, miss lucinda armington and father pat o'connor judy mccrae jemmy mr grumbler rev joe peer and dr juno himself the day of trial was appointed dr victor juno acting as judge and when the holy elect nancy clover deacon rob stew dr toy Paney, and the physician-in-chief were arraigned they were thunderstruck to behold harry gossamer the lovely sister nancy clover fainted dead away when she was brought face to face with harry gossamer and deacon rob stew stood with eyes and mouth wide open looking as if he really thought the spirit or ghost of the drowned harry gossamer stood before him so also thought nancy clover who fainted three times in succession the two physicians had more nerve therefore could bear the sight of their victim when these elect sinners were restored to their senses dr juno said nancy clover rob stew toy Paney, and physician of the insane asylum stand up you are charged with conspiracy murder and crime of all characters what say you guilty or not guilty not guilty responded each one of them the witnesses were now regularly examined and cross examined by counsels on both sides. The testimony of General Gossimer and Reverend Joe Pier was soul stirring, but the rest was less to the point, although General Armington and his daughter Lucinda exposed some deep villainy with which the reader is already familiar. General Harry Gossimer sworn. Dr. Juno. GENERAL Gossimer, DO YOU KNOW THE PRISONERS AT THE BAR? A. YES, SIR, TO MY SORROW AND TO THEIR DISGRACE. Question: PLEASE STATE WHAT YOU CONSIDER A FEW OF THE WORST THINGS THAT YOU KNOW OF THEM. Answer, I BECAME A MEMBER OF WHAT WAS KNOWN TO ITS MEMBERS ONLY AS THE SACREDLY SECRET CONCLAVE IN THE MONTH OF JANUARY 18-BLANK. MR. ROB STEW AND NANCY CLOVER WERE THE LEADING CONSPIRATORS. All the members had to take a terrible ironclad oath, which was known as the Solemn Oath. The reader is familiar with it. The object of this sacredly secret conclave was to banish or murder everybody who would oppose the peculiar old school or orthodox religion. They styled themselves the elect, and as such could not sin, but claimed to have a perfect license to persecute everybody who entertained different views to them this conclave was nothing more or less than a bloody conspiracy and was inaugurated for the special purpose of murdering our father here dr juno i know this because on a certain meeting night when all the prisoners were present and cooperated i was constrained to object to a certain murdering plot when this deacon stew instantly ordered my arrest and i was at once cast into a dungeon and the same evening was convicted without being present at the mock trial, and after they had concluded the same, what happened the Rev. Joe Peer can tell you who was then their president. I was ordered before them when the president read me a lecture and sentenced me to be drowned or hung for my audacity in refusing to countenance the murder of Victor Juno, the Honorable Judge upon the bench. I was taken to the river and was drowned, as they thought, but the noble Pat O'Connor saved my life, and I am here safe and sound. The reader knows particulars. Cross-examine. counsel for Defendants. Mr. Gossimer. are you certain that every one of the prisoners was present and countenanced what you have related? Answer. I am most positive. Question. Have you not been insane some years ago, and is this not one of your peculiar imaginings? Answer. Better let Rev. Joe Peer and Pat O'Connor answer, if they are peculiar imaginings. COUNSEL FOR DEFENDANTS That will do, that will do. Rev. Joe Peer, sworn. Dr. Juno Mr. Peer, give us briefly what you know of the prisoners at the bar, and also state if what General Gossimer said is false or true. Answer it is scarcely necessary for me to make a long statement concerning the motives and acts of the sacredly secret conclave it is only necessary for me to say that every word that general harry Gossimer has said is true and a thousand worse things have i been compelled to hear and see and rob stew invariably threatened me with a horrible death should i fail to carry out and enforce his heinous work He and Nancy Clover have been too domineering and wicked, whilst these two doctors were always ready to execute their nefarious commands. All that Mr. Stew and Miss Clover had to do was to propose a criminal plot, when these prisoners were ready to act. Thus was Dr. Juno to be poisoned on several occasions, and the villainies which they continually concocted were legion. Cross-examine. counsel for Defendants mr peer did you not act in concert with the prisoners at the bar in the legion of villainies and are you guileless in having concocted any criminal plots answer i am not on trial but if it is any gratification to you or your clients i will say that from fear of being assassinated by them or being discovered and overpowered by others i did connive with them and did also my best to invent anything to save myself from being sent hence with all my sins upon my head. But the first opportunity I had, I repented and joined the naturalists, and our heroic father, Dr. Juno, has several times offered the same opportunity and privilege to the prisoners at the bar, but they spurned his beneficent overtures. I hope, however, that he will yet permit your clients to repent, and if he does, I pray them to accept the hour of grace. COUNSEL FOR DEFENDANTS i did not ask you to preach a sermon to my clients answer but you cannot say that they don't need it and it would not be the first one nor the first time that i gave them good advice which however they always spurned counsel for defendants i have no objections should my clients wish to repent and join the naturalists for i am myself an advocate of nature and nature's god dr juno I am willing and ready to hear from the prisoners themselves on this topic and if they are heartily penitent i may require only probationary training in the west philadelphia institution of instruction rob stew said i spurn any such propositions i am no coward and i will die by my faith ditto ejaculated nancy clover the two physicians remained silent after all the witnesses were heard dr juno said to the members of the naturalists who were all inside of the circle made for them brothers how say you are these prisoners at the bar guilty all who feel that way will rise to their feet they all arose when dr juno said in a firm voice friends you behold before you my worst persecutors a parcel of satan's own band who are hardened beyond expression they deserve death without mercy but as war is over and as we can make excellent use of them i order that they be branded with our disgracing motto on their foreheads cheeks arms legs feet trunk and each one have the letters b and c cut through their ears after this is done they shall all four be imprisoned for life in one room unless i pardon them where they shall work four hours a day and be kept as a free show to all the world when these prisoners were removed from free soil dr juno and miss armington appointed the day for the long and often postponed nuptials this time nothing marred the consummation of the pleasing function End of chapter ninety six